Um, I went to high school. Uh, it's in. We can just cut that part out. <laughs> you don't want them to know where you went to school. <laughs> we can just cut that part out. Uh-huh. Um, She's like, I used to live two blocks away. You know, that with the 7 I lived on top of it. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and then right here, the Skeena with the 7-Eleven. Girl, stop putting your address on blast. <laughs> you can throw rocks out the window. I'll answer <laughs> Hello and welcome to Spanglish with Dalit. I'm your host, Ariana. I've never been on the show before, but I'm Ariana Ferniza. I'm the advertising chair for Dalit. And today we have with us in the studio Robbie, our president, and Richie, our secretary, and for the first time ever, Lupe, our events coordinator. Hi, I'm so happy to be on the show. I've never been here before. I'm the event coordinator for Dale. Um, I recently switched to a communications major. Uh, apart from Dale, I'm also a member of Charge and a coach and a party entertainer. Hi, I'm Ariana again. Um, I'm the advertising chair for Dalit, like I said. Um, I'm a junior majoring in public relations and advertising with a minor in Latino media and communications. Um, when I'm not in Dalit, I'm in the advertising society and I work at the Welcome Center for uh, DePaul College Access and I do their social media. Okay, so thanks Lupe for introducing yourself. Coming up, we'll talk about the past couple general body meetings, uh, the Latinx votes and educational disparities. For our third general body meeting, we talked about the Latino vote and what it means. So, President Robbie, would you like to take it away? Yeah, of course. Um, so, Emily and I presented on this topic. Emily's not here today. But we basically just covered the importance of the Latinx vote. I think something that's really important to point out, the amount of Latinx eligible voters that are registering to vote. Millennial and Gen Z voters make up the largest amount of eligible Latinx voters. Um, the Latinx vote nearly doubled from 2014 to 2018, and about 29 million Latinx individuals were able to vote in the 2018 midterm elections. Um, what did any of you vote in the election? I was in, I was in my small town and in Hainesville and it was everything I expected it to be but then there's always a lot of other people running that you don't do a lot of research on them and then when you see their name for the first time on the ballot you're like oh shoot I don't know yeah. anything about this person or just going up to city hall or whatever you go to vote for you know you see all these signs and you don't always know who they are and it's like I've never heard of this person they're running, a lot of times people run unopposed. Just to add on to that, um, I didn't get to vote in the presidential election because I wasn't old enough. But when I've gone in for primaries and like to elect the governor and stuff, uh, I remember like seeing for the first time the ballots and being like, wow, these are so many people and I've never heard of their names ever in my life. And I'm going to vote for them to be in a position for I don't know how long. And it made me, it kind of made me scared because I, I would just, like the first time I saw it, I thought like, okay, well, I'm just gonna vote everyone in the party that I want. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know, even they're a good choice. I don't even know what they stand for. 
In my experience, my first time voting was also in the was between Trump and Hillary, and I had barely turned 18, and my parents stressed two votes because they just thought it was super important since it was the only way to actually um, get, like, vote for the things that would affect us personally. If you aren't registered to vote, then please go to www.vote.org. There you'll be able to put in your zip code, um, you know, your basically all of your personal information where it will then lead you to the county that you're registered to vote in. Um, from there, it's basically a five minute process. latest general body meeting topic was educational disparities and this idea was pitched to us by Lupe. Lupe, do you want to share what made you come up with this topic? So I pitched this idea to at our Dalai meeting how we should talk about educational disparities specifically to narrow down we could talk about um, CPS schools because a lot of the CPS schools that we would be coming from um, and talking about would be CPS schools in Latino neighborhoods and a lot of the Latino neighborhoods in Chicago are less funded, probably less well-funded. And then we could talk about, we, me and Ariana, as both coming from CPS schools, we could talk about our different experiences as to what we realized coming to college, how different our education may have been. Um, so yeah, we'll talk about our experiences. Uh, Ariana, would you like to say anything? Yeah, just when you mentioned right now, comparing with uh, your classmates that you meet here at DePaul, um, I thought it was the craziest thing ever when I was talking to one of my friends who went to a school, a high school in the suburbs, and he was like, oh, so yeah, we have an arts department, and we have um, like a regular gym, and then an athlete's gym, and they had like, I think in total, they had like four gyms in their school. And then they had different offices for theater, and they had different, they had like a movie theater in their school. And it was so crazy to hear like all these resources that I never thought I was lacking by being in my CPS high school. Um, I went to Von Steuben on the north side, shout out. Um, but <laughs> yeah, it's crazy to see like once you are able to like compare and contrast your experiences with other people, it did make me start to feel bad that, oh, maybe I did miss out on a lot because my school was so underfunded. But like when I was in the actual system, like the CPS school system, I never thought I wasn't never I was never thinking about that because I never had to compare anything to my education what do you think I would agree with you um as to comparing our schools with other suburb like schools that may have had more resources I definitely started reflecting on it more and more as we talked about the topic and I'm I feel super grateful that we were able to talk about this in general body um, because going back and reflecting, I kind of realized that it kind of starts at a young age. I went to CPS from preschool to 12th grade. Okay, so reflecting back on this topic as we were able to talk about it, and I think it's a very important thing to talk about, I also realized just what may have led to the lack of students from my high school continuing on into a four-year university. And a lot of the things that I noted, at least coming here, is the lack of ways for students to participate in after-school programs, even in CPS, because we did not have, we did not have as many after-school programs 
as some may have had and uh, we didn't really have buses that could take us home and a lot of our parents wouldn't be able to just pick us up or drop us off and a lot of the programs we did have we didn't ha have as adequate funding to go to competitions. I have personal experience with my little sister transferring from a CPS school because of a bullying issue that wasn't properly addressed by the school and that could lead into reasons as to why as many CPS students don't go into a four-year university because if they have these experiences and they don't want to go to school and a lot of them don't have the privilege of transferring into a private or better funded school, they give up. In the eighth grade that they would split us up or even in younger grades, they would just split us up depending on how we were doing academically and teachers were very quick to judge um, if you would ever make it into a university or make it into an actual job because um, a lot of the times you don't move up in society. Um, teachers definitely gave special attention to me and a lot of my peers. We, I was, um, I was one of the students who got good grades and did IB, and I think that's the only reason that I was able to actually go to a four-year university. In my high school, there was a huge, huge difference between the students who did IB, which was the only notable program that teachers seem to care about. What does IB stand for? International Baccalaureum. Um, uh, we were given field trips every month. We were given the best teachers, and the te by the best teachers I mean the teachers had to take a training course on how to teach us the same way any other student is taught throughout the world. And when I was in that program, I noticed how drastically different it was from the regular classes offered at my high school and even the in comparison to the honors and AP programs that were at my school it was just a drastically different environment there was no school spirit or if the, some school spirit that there was it wasn't very pride a lot of the students didn't have pride in their school and um it really did I think affect the students academically without having that pride of their school because a lot of kids just didn't want to go to school and they were again quick to give up um and what do you think Ariana? <laughs> um, no I agree with your point on um teachers being able to separate their students and saying that um like because in my elementary school and in my high school we had like different distinctions of students so there'd be like in elementary school there was a gifted program so those kids got special treatment um within the school and then in my high school we had a scholars program and then a regulars program and so that created a lot of animosity amongst students and then um just along with like a, the, there's already the system of disparities so when you're already separating students among like these are the good kids and these are the bad kids you're creating um a really like hostile environment and so it makes people that already need an extra push to get through school like it just makes it easier to give up because you're not giving them the encouragement that there's more and that they can like a strive and aspire to more um so yeah and I mean that that's like a whole other discussion of like prison pipeline schools but um yeah yeah I mean first I want to say that it's important that like we hear about the experiences of 
people that, you know, um, had to go through CPS schools because it's honestly, disparities within public education is one of like the biggest crisis, crises uh, in our country. And Chicago public schools still remain one of the most segregated in this country. And by reading um, journals, or articles by anthropologists such as Pauline Lipman, who uh, was a professor at DePaul a while ago. Um, it really makes you realize that like low-income communities of color face the most scrutiny, the most regulation, like, like monetarization, accountability, and discipline when compared to more predominantly white affluent middle-class schools. Chicago public schools are serving as a pipeline and basically predetermining where students will end up post-graduation. Um, and it really all started underneath, like I said earlier, um, like Mayor Daley Sr., who wasn't really a good guy because of the pursuance of the Global City Agenda, which meant that he was pursuing economic redevelopment um, in low-income neighborhoods across the city, instead of investing into low-income neighborhoods, he used tax increment financing zones um, to basically divert millions of dollars in taxes earmarked for schools, libraries, and other public services um, in predominantly black and brown neighborhoods for real estate interests in downtown Chicago. So like, you know, the tourism, renovation of historic buildings, revitalization of the arts, park and waterfront development. Well, all of those things like are important and you know what makes Chicago probably one of the greatest cities in the world. We can't ignore as a society the amount of educational disparities that have come due to the pursuance of globalization. There is a strong correlation between the quality of education you receive and your socioeconomic status. Thank you for bringing up um, uh, the statistics about minorities and pipelines because as someone who came from a school which was predominantly like 85% Latino and like less than 1% other besides Polish, um, I think that can go back to the socio the so what's it called the socio cultural structure um, of the segregation in CPS schools because a lot of the times that students um, who um, achieve higher in their high schools even though my school was eighty five percent Latino the top students were predominantly white even though white was the minority at the school which doesn't make too much sense since the majority of the school was Latino but the top students were white um, and also talking about the pipeline there was definitely a clear um, distinction of who people thought were going to go on into higher education and as someone who actually did and hasn't dropped out yet um, not gonna happen uh, <laughs> I really appreciate, I was talking today with, to, with an advisor about DePaul's mission, how they want to have diversity, and they really want to give students of 
color and women um, more opportunity at DePaul, um, which is one of the main reasons I chose DePaul. Uh, I realized coming in too that because of coming from a segregated school, it was um, the culture shock was very real since um, I was used to a community of Latinos. I had never been around the majority of other races. Um, it was definitely a culture shock in that point, and it made um, school already a little harder because a lot of the CPS students um, who did go to uh, minority-based um, high school were probably also first generation, and um, adding first generation to not being around the people you're used to being around and also adding that you're probably from or at least I was um from a low-income family it was just a culture shock on top of a culture shock on top of a culture shock and I really appreciate DePaul's mission to prepare students like that of color or like that's the kind of students that they want to include do y'all stand with teachers going on strike? Of course I stand with teachers going on strike. I've had so many amazing teachers in CPS, like not to be total like downer on CPS, but I've made some like, I've met some amazing teachers and I've had some amazing classes and it sucks that they make so little and they have like barely any benefits for like how much time they put into their job. Cause it's not just like a nine to five, like they'll stay after school, they run programs, they like are coaches and like they'll help with tutoring. Like teachers do everything. Like teachers taught us how to read and how to write. And like they take care of everyone's badass kids and like they're subjected to like terrible stuff. So of course I stand with teachers. I also definitely stand with teachers <laughs> because I think that if teachers are giving the proper resources or what they need to actually continue and liking teaching. We'll have more teachers like the ones Ariana just mentioned, the ones that stay after school and they don't just go in for a paycheck. Yep. They go in there because it's worth their time and it's they, what they love to do. But if you're underpaid and you're around kids who are distracting class and aren't behaving, then it's easy for them to give up. But if they have that motivation to keep on going, we'll produce better kids. I decided to try something new. Uh, it's a it's a game-ish I'm calling. It's called Two Truths and a Lie. Um, so here I got a couple of uh, headlines. Two of these headlines are false. One of them is a lie. First off, we're gonna start off with good old-fashioned Florida man. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know about it, you know, you read a random uh, headline that says Florida man does this, does this crazy stuff. Okay, so I got three Florida mans. Um, two of these stories are very real. <laughs> One of these stories is absolutely fake, all right? So, first headline is Florida man sentenced to 20 years in a deadly parking altercation. What happened there is a guy was protecting a uh, handicapped spot, and when someone tried to park in it, he killed him. Florida, right? Second Florida story, um, a little bit lighter. A Florida man was accused of giving a beer to an alligator. 
<laughs> um, was it in a zoo? Was it in a park? Probably not in the park, right? No, it was in his backyard. <laughs> in his backyard. Slug. Okay. <laughs> and then finally, uh, Florida man, a Florida man saying to a jury for sympathy in a murder case. He was um, pretty much already been, uh, they said he was guilty, but they're finding the sentencing. So he wanted the sentencing to be light, so he sang them a song. Which uh, one of those uh, is fake, do you guys think? Uh... Is it... Well, I'll take everybody's like cold opinion first and then tell me why or why not. Okay. And then after, I'll give the big reveal. I'll go first. Um, I think it's the Florida Man Sings to Jury for Sympathy and Murder Case just because, like... Are you for real? Like, singing? Or... Oh, I feel like I've seen that before, though. <laughs> Oh my god. These all sound so realistic. For one of, Cause it's Florida, are, you, man. are you sure one of them is a lie? I mean, I'll be honest, I played with the word. So, he knows which one you is true. It. Or which no, one just, is false. No, just tell me, just tell me which one you think is. Okay. I think, I think it's definitely Florida man sentenced to 20 years in prison for a parking alteration. Like, I know park, parking alterations are ridiculous, but 20 years in prison? Yeah, because he killed the guy. Oh, I thought he just uh, got, like, a parking ticket. Oh, no, no, no. So he okay. killed a man okay. because over a parking altercation. Uh, okay, I think I agree with Robbie. I think the singing for sympathy one is the lie. So which one do you think, um, Lupe? She said the parking one. Which one of those is, is fake? Okay, you, you can definitely go to jail for 20 years if you kill someone over anything. And I want to say the alligator one, but that just sounds so real too because it's Florida Man. But I'm going to go with the alligator. Okay, so drum roll. Sings to Jerry for sympathy. Yeah, yes. we've been new. We've been new. Um, that's because it was a Michigan man. Um, if if Roxana was here, I would totally <laughs> just jump on her. It was from your home state. Another man killed a man and saying, "Hello there, you're on her. I wanna say I'm sorry for the things I've done." New so I've seen this before. Sorry, so that's oh, I've seen that. I've yeah, right? seen this that. man, um, who you've probably seen before, he's from Michigan. So, all right. And of course, um, Florida man Florida. does have an adversary. I don't know if you know about him. His name is Polish man. Um, the next uh, series is Polish man intentionally poops on stage after being rejected in televised <laughs> talent show. Um, so he was singing. They didn't like his song, so he, you know, in defiance, just, you know, cranked one out. Next one is, a drunk man faces eight years in prison for invading Polish town with a Russian tank. I don't think I need to give any more context to that. Polish man arrested for spying for China while working in his government. Oh my god. Um, takes, please. The second one is the lie. The second one is the lie? Yeah. Okay. I agree with Ariana because where do you get a Russian tank? Okay, Robbie? <laughs> yeah, honestly, same. <laughs> okay, no, I made the first one up. A drunk man. I'm sure that's happened before, for though. A Russian tank. A Polish man intentionally pooping on stage after being rejected on television. <coughs> the 
That sounds more realistic. <laughs> To just a, poop on the stage. Yeah. So yeah, a Polish, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a Polish man intentionally um, pooping on stage, that's fake. I made that up. Fake news. <laughs> okay, so thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Spanglish with Dale. Um, we hope you guys can catch the next meeting in person, but if not, catch our next podcast episode. Um, and uh, please enjoy Robbie singing us out for the outro. Bye. attraction. Okay, great. Um, this is Shakira, Shakira.